0: Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded once again at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, a contributing editor at Publishers Weekly. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics.
1: And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor in chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com and you can find us on X slash Twitter at, at PW Comics World.
2: And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com.
0: And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com. Slash... PW Comics World.
1: And don't forget on those platforms that allow it you can also leave a rating or a comment because we love to hear from our listeners.
2: We don't have a Black Friday special because, <laughs> the, only, because the only cost for more to come is is ever just your love.
0: There you go, more to come where it's always a bargain. <laughs> Alright, this week on More to Come, Dan Santat wins the National Book Award for Young People's Literature It's a graphic novel y'all Alright R.I.P. Comixology app D&Q unionizes Anime NYC is coming And probably over when you actually hear this But more to come on that Fandographics The Monsters <laughs> Dawn of Justice Comics Retail <laughs> dies Yet again uh, And Alien Books launches A new manga line all right, Dan All right. Santat.
2: Excellent. Carry on.
0: All right, Dan Santat, uh a graphic novelist, uh he's also a children's book illustrator. Uh I think he's a Caldecott winner as well. Um uh one for uh a first time for everything uh, published by First Second. Uh uh I actually have read the book uh, it's a very charming middle grade graphic novel, uh, about, I guess it's, I, I mean, I, I, it's a middle school trip to Europe. Mm. And, um, it's just a, a, a really kind of delightfully done history of the mortification, the easily mortified kid.
1: I mean, it's quite I I haven't read it, but, uh, we've, we've mentioned on here several times that, uh, you know, half of the, Half of the, the finalists in the Young People's Literature category were, two were graphic novels. One was a picture book that That's really right, yeah, could have yeah, been a graphic yeah. novel. So, really, it was a 50% chance, and, uh, Dan Santat won. I believe this is the second to actually win, uh, the, the March was the first, correct? And that yes, was also I, a Young People's Literature I think so, literature. yes. March was the first, uh, definitely the first. Right, definitely yeah. the first. I mean, and we know Jean Yang has been nominated, Raj mm-hmm. Chass has been nominated, so there's been, you know, pretty, yeah, quite this a is few. Yeah, there's a spring of, uh, Dep- and
0: even that, um, Oh wow, what's her name that did the book about the radioactive, um, about Madame Curie, but she did a book later about, that was oh, a Oh, graf- Lauren Red. Yes, Redmond, that was a yeah. graphic and it was nominated.
1: Was it nominated? Yeah, <laughs>
0: if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I
1: profiled her. Yes, she uh, did. Yeah, I did read the yeah, book. Yeah. Um, interesting. I'll but leave it at uh, that.
0: it's a beautiful, but a uh, uh, first time for everything is a, is really a beautifully illustrated book and it just is a great tale. Of, you know, basically kids, you know, annoying each other on the trip abroad, but also learning something about themselves as they get older. Well,
1: this is a real, uh, but it's another triumph. It's really it just another triumph for graphic novels. And, uh, you know, like not the first, but you know, now it's a tradition. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. and by the way, we didn't have this on our story list, but this is against, you know, those dumb good reads choice awards which are reader voted it's the, the site goodreads which is oh, the amazon it's, it's, amazon it's, it's an offshoot yeah. of amazon yeah, it's yeah. really like when you leave a comment in a book it also goes to Goodreads. so they did they do like a reader voting, they do their own awards, but yeah. they eliminated graphic novels middle grade novels and poetry mm. middle grade
0: I, I didn't know that they eliminate poetry
2: too and you know? graphic well, yes then. well that's rather odd especially as Goodreads actually predates being part of Amazon by a good bit and has yes. a large reader community on there. Well,
1: they did add Romanticy. <laughs> well, that's
2: fine, but then why did they take away the others?
1: So the reason that some people said on Twitter, and I'm not sure if this is accurate or not, uh, was that there were fewer books nominated so that they um didn't feel that there was as much interest. And, now, you know, you could see how many votes mm-hmm. are cast. And uh to be fair, middle grade books didn 't have as many votes as some other categories, probably because children don 't vote on goodreads yes, yes. Um, so that's that 's logical. I mean they kept like kids books hmm. on there, but middle grade they eliminated. And, um, uh, but graphic novels had a very respectable number of votes and yeah. a very respectable number of nominees. So I don't know, whatever. It's, you know what? It's stupid. So down with Goodreads, up with national <laughs> book awards. Well, I
0: That's would have such... said that
2: without even
1: yeah, knowing let, about it. Yeah, but let's <laughs> just, yeah, let, yeah <laughs> sure. promote the good, promote the good.
2: Well, Heidi, if you ever wanted to encourage interaction with this podcast, all you needed to do was say something as barn-burningly controversial as Down With Goodreads yes. on a podcast frequented by book lovers.
1: Yes, Down With Goodreads. Well, there's and a lot of people, people that award. have
2: said that in the past
0: because of the Amazon Well, uh, there was incredible connection.
1: pushback yeah. on social media, on Twitter after they announced it, as you can well imagine. And most of them were complaining about graphic novel award hmm. being... uh uh, eliminated, which in the past has spotlighted Heartstopper, mm-hmm. um, Sarah Scribble, Sarah Anderson. I mean, all the winners have been very popular books, and so anyway. I mean,
0: I've got a bookshelf on there. I haven't looked at it in like mm-hmm. ten years, but uh, uh, but I used to go on there, and there's a lot of discussions of graphic novels on there.
2: Usually, it's quite popular. Yeah. It makes me think that this might not actually be as fan driven as they're claiming. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: there was a, the, the you know the one comment that everybody uh, retweeted. Was somebody said, you know, this isn't pie. You can divide, you can add more categories without <laughs> taking away categories. So, whatever, you know.
0: All right. Um, where are we at? Okay. Comicsology app. We hardly knew you. Well, Bye.
2: well I mean, it, it seems to be affected by the same thing that's going on with Goodreads. Well,
1: I was going to say, I guess Amazon just isn't into comics anymore. You know, <laughs> they're not that into them anymore.
2: Well, I mean,. When Amazon buys you and cannibalizes you, it's anyone's guess what will be left over at the end.
1: Yeah, but, so, I mean, I guess I was, you know, I was given a lot of background information, so I did write a story, you know, I didn't want to be water carrying for Amazon, but it also is kind of like, this is the way it is, and... Uh, the sad reality is that 97% of digital comics pur- purchases were read on the Kindle app already. So it was only a little slim 7%. Well, that's 7%. because they
2: destroyed the Comixology app and everything that was yeah. good about yeah. it. Yeah. So I mean, there I was no using point the Comixology keeping it.
0: app a long time ago.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, once once they left only a shadow of its former self, what was the point? Yeah. yeah,
1: But, you know, in the Amazon way of things, uh they haven't yet done away with the Comixology brand entirely. There is a Amazon.com slash comixology yeah. landing page you can go to and, uh, they are adding some really wildly innovative features <laughs> like they have Individual pages for publishers. There you go. Oh gosh. (laughs) I'm, I'm so struck. (laughs) And here's another really innovative feature. There, you could sort like omnibus and graphic novels in, into one, like you could see them all for one title. So this really groundbreaking. Yeah, Yeah. really, really groundbreaking. Uh, sarcasm aside. (laughs) Um, I mean, Listen, yeah. it's not
2: that graphic novels on Amazon are bad; they're not bad. It's just a shame that all the good things about Comicsology seem to have gone out the window. You
1: know? Yeah. I, and I will say the the up and coming digital platforms, uh, of course, lost no uh, time in jumping on this and um, eating their lunch. Well, Omnibus had a site that's like Comics aren't Kindle. And which is one of their little slogans they've had. They set up, you know, comics on Kindle.com and it goes to the Omnibus app. And uh, Global Comics announced they were rolling out a lot, you know, yeah. more stuff. And I'm so, sure yeah.
0: Amazon still outsells all of, of them combined.
1: Of yeah. course. But, <laughs> yeah. But, no,
2: but, but, but there
0: you go. That, But, you know, but, hey, I mean, keep, it, keep up the good work. And it's yeah. not just
2: them. But more and more indie comics are being serialized on apps like tapas like well mm-hmm. absolutely Tune, like, that's a different you know. situation well, but that's not actually different because a lot of not the big names right but that that third tier hmm. right people who do not have a major indie publisher who do not have a major major publisher who are self-published or quasi self-published they were going through comiXology and i think you will find a lot of those same people now on uh webtoon and tapas
0: no doubt, no doubt. But I'm only talking about book sales, uh not webtoon type comics.
2: Right. But what I'm saying is print
0: book sales. Excuse
2: me. Well, yeah, print. Quite aside from print, I yeah, was that's all I'm about, talking about. I'm, I'm only talking about print digital. Sales. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, that, I'm talking about print sales. Yeah. Amazon okay. may have shot themselves in a foot when it came to digital comic sales, but yeah, they are so much money they probably don't even notice.
0: Yeah. In fact, I'm just I'm talking about print sales and, of course, digital. Editions of those same print comics. That's what I'm talking about. So yes, no, absolutely.
2: But I mean, people on Comicsology were not just buying the collected editions; they were buying the individual issues. Yeah, they sure, were buying that the lovely. equivalent of the floppy. And now the equivalent of the floppy is migrating to Tapas Webtoon at all for the minor publishers. That's just where I was going with. Are That's there? All.
1: Are, are there? I would be curious to know the actual examples. If you do, you know any of the examples? I have many. Yeah. So, if you open up, as I am doing right now,
2: your little Tapas app, you're on your home page.
0: So, you can buy floppies on Tapas?
2: No, no. You can buy comics that were created by American creators oh, yeah. in installment form. And many of these are the kind of thing, and often the same creators, as were... Putting them out as digital floppies on things like Comixology before. so Yeah, I know some guys that are doing it. Yeah, exactly, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. I'm, yeah. so, and are
1: there are so they're, open, re- they're reformatting them in vertical scrolling yes. format? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. alright, wow. Yeah, if Someone, open, some
0: I, some Some people have just put the pages up there.
2: Yeah, they're. I'm not I sure mean, that's the
0: best way to use them, but that's what they're doing. Well, they
2: already got it, so they might as well a lot of times what they're doing is they're just sort of popping the panels in a row yeah. with each other from older stuff and then migrating to drawing in a more I noticed
0: Dean once I think Dean Haskell did. He redesigned all of his comics.
1: Yeah, right. But that's he because he's yeah. Dean yeah. Hazell. But he,
0: webtoon stuff. But
1: he had been doing a original vertical scrolling mm-hmm. comic. So I yes. mean he yeah. he yeah. had already become familiar with the format via yes. doing that. So which was on webtoon I believe. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you'd be stupid not to. But it is a lot yeah. of work, is what I'm getting it's at. It sure it's, not, is. it's right. It's what Kate. I you. you she... Well, I mean, I think it's only a lot of
2: work for republishing your old stuff. I think if you're somebody who is again in that not top tier, not mainstream indie, but one level below that in your career progression, where you're more niche, where you're if you're not self published, you're a step up from self published. Now you're not going to put out that digital floppy at all. You're just going to format it for Tapas or something to begin with, and then you'll bring out your collection whenever, if it catches interest. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I tend to use it through the I – I tend to use Comixology through the web anyway. Uh, it seems to me that they they've tried to improve some of the experiences. It's not like the app, and I'm sure there's – more targeted I'm, experiences that they don't do very well.
1: I'm sure there will be a few more improvements mm. and before the final heat death of this goes on. But for now, I think it is important. They are continuing with originals. Yeah. They had a big backlog of stuff. They will have books coming out through Yeah, little yeah, they sure Yeah, Yeah, they, they sure do. So yeah,
2: there's... because Amazon likes having originals. of a little bit of a little
1: not of not yet. They're called Comixology originals yeah, they're still for, yeah, a But bit it's... originals, but
2: it's separate now in the same way as, say, all the little brands at Trader Joe's. Yes.
1: It's like, oh, this isn't Trader Joe's. It's Trader Jose's. Yeah, but they decided that was racist too, by the way. So they don't do any of oh, the Oh, they other, don't do Trader they Jose's anymore. They don't do Trader anymore. Jose or Trader Giotto or Trader Ming. No, they are D-U-N, done. Ah, I see. Yeah. So bye. Bye-bye. Anyway. All right. What's next?
0: They, uh, there's a union at Drawn and Quarterly, um, everybody's um, most revered literary comics publisher. Um, uh, this sort of came to, it seems a bit of a surprise. Um, apparently in Canada, um, if a majority of the uh, bargaining unit applies, uh, you automatically get the union. You don't have to have an election. So uh apparently DNQ um has uh uh which is based in Montreal hmm. uh has about 15 workers according to the PW story uh across at the publishing house and two bookstores if I'm not mistaken and um they didn't get any comments uh, from a management at DNQ but uh there were some Interesting and, you know, I thought sort of uh, expansive comments made by unidentified publishing assistants oh, yeah, there and was booksellers. A little,
1: yeah, there was a little... Um,
0: uh, they were very complimentary of DNQ management uh before they got to the point of their Well, it comments. says,
1: while, while there are lots of opportunities, this is a statement from an yes. unnamed publishing assistant, while there are lots of opportunities to take on more responsibilities and learn more skills the publishing office, there are rarely paths to promotion for assistance. Mm. It's hard to see or commit to a future if there are not transparent conversations about what all our learning and acquired skills might lead to. This is mm. a concern for us yes. in the office as well as our colleagues in the stores. Well, you don't have to... um read between the lines yes. too hard there. Yes. You don't They're have to squint too bad. Very
0: much inspired by getting great comics uh, to read us, which they do. Yes. yes. Uh, but there's also long hours, no promotions, trans- a lack of transparency, and a lack of open con- consultation. Well more uh, to come on I'm, that
1: more to come listen I'm not aware of Canadian laws about unions which could be very very diff- different than US laws yeah. so exactly what this means for D&Q uh, doesn't really This the story doesn't really say that much about but uh, well now three's a crowd so uh, that would be image uh, that would be seven, seven C's, C's and now drawn accordingly yeah,
0: yeah so um, yeah great congrats to the whole organization um it's going to be good or not. <laughs> okay. Uh, when you hear this, anime NYC will be over. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we'll bring you up to date, but it's happening the weekend of November 17th through 19th.
1: Yes. As we record that tomorrow. So we're all excited. Well, you can't see us now, but we're, we're putting on yes. our, uh, goth Lolita costumes right now, making sure they That's are right. wrinkle free and getting there ready. You go. Uh, getting our, our, all of our manga, anime, NYC stuff ready. Um, listen, there will be a new company there at uh, Anime, anime yeah, NYC, uh, which is Alien Books, is oh, launching yeah. their own manga line. And so I had the opportunity to talk to a few of the folks there because they've been a little mysterious. They were announced first as the company that was going to be licensing Valiant Comics for periodical format. Uh, and then everybody was like, who is Alien? But it turned out that they are actually a offshoot of a South American pub, or Latin American yeah. publisher that's been publishing a lot of stuff in, uh, Spanish for Latin America and some even going to Spain and that- including manga. So yes, yeah. they are launching with, uh, free sampler at Anime NYC. They have six books and, uh, there's a lot more to come from Alien yeah. books. So. They look good. I mean, yeah. the covers. Yeah, <laughs> they look really nice and, uh, but, you, you know, basically Alien Books, as its uh, Spanish version, had contacts with a lot of publishers. So we might be seeing some hmm. uh, some more. Uh, there's definitely more to come there uh, is what I'm getting at. So right. uh, by the time you listen to this, we'll already have been there. So it's like a time time tunnel.
2: Oh, boy.
0: Well, Bandagraphics v. Monsters. Mm. Uh, how do we approach this story? Well,
1: this story, no one comes off well. Yeah. And, you know, this this lawsuit has been floating around for quite a while. And uh somebody finally wrote about it because I think the reality is, I mean, I'm just speaking. I'm speaking personally here. So we're big admirers of Fantagraphics. As you might know, if you are a regular listener, we are very big fans of my favorite thing is Monsters, which... Yes. Uh, for a while, was the joke book on here um, because Calvin talked about it so much. So, But, <laughs> so you know, awesome. it was a great book so that awesome. won Eisner Awards mm. and uh, definitely was the book of the year when it came out. However, it was only the first half. And uh, where the second half of the tale uh, was is where this lawsuit lies.
0: Yeah. There was a long-running dispute and in fact, if, if anyone who is, cares, uh, they can find Gary Groff gushing about this book on our podcast <laughs> archive, uh, at San Diego Comic Con in 2017 or 2018. I can't get, so you can go and check that out if you'd like. But, uh, the book was so big and so brilliant. Um, they split it in half because it was just too costly to, Publish it as a seven or eight hundred page book. Uh, it was the first book that came out that won all the accolades and I meant had to sell hundreds of thousands of copies. Uh, and not just in this country, uh, was, was labeled volume one or book one. And uh, the, there was this book, there was a, a contractually or there was some publishing agreement to publish a book two, and that's where the trouble. Began. Yeah. And
1: so mm. listen, you could read the details of this lawsuit. Like I said, nobody comes off very well. Uh, Emile Ferris also was countersuing. Um, but you know, basically she was saying that this was a sequel and she never signed a deal for the sequel. She's also saying she was getting stiffed on the royalties. Yeah. Um, and Fantagraphics was uh, pushing back against this, saying it was the second half of the book. And you know, it's my understanding that this actually went on for a while. And like I said, uh, we'd heard, i heard rumors of it for a while. Sure. And, uh, it just sounded very ugly, but it has all been settled and they did announce that part two was coming out. Um, I think last year. Now, yes. couple of interesting things. Number one, doesn't it at some point talk about the judge says that like, you know, she said she got like, like $10,000 in royalties and the judge said that based on the sales numbers, it was a lot more than that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like well, maybe.
0: Well, that was an advance. I mean, right. there was different, there was different things. There was an advance, but there were an advance, I think, for both volumes. Since they are, you know, they're, they were in the same contract, but they were kind of pitched as separate books, I think. Then, uh, there does state, uh, that the book generated a four, you know, over $450,000. In royalties. In royalties. However, the book is also, uh, said to have generated in revenue over the period of time from six seventeen to 20 over $2 million. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is, this is in the court papers. So who knows what's up.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: um, and who knows how much of that money actually made its way to her pocket. Well, that's Well,
1: it didn't. It, well, the, it didn't. That yes. was at the point of her countersuit was that yeah, she absolutely. hadn't been paid royalties and that she didn't get a chance to look at the royalties. Yeah. I mean, look, honestly, uh, when I say both don't come off very well, um, I feel like Fanagraphics comes off worse. Yes. In this well, by far. It's, it's yes.
0: startling. Yeah. For a publisher to file a lawsuit against their author. Yeah.
1: It's a big it's, wounder.
0: It's really jaw-dropping. Um, and you know, you can go to the, I mean, this, it, all right, the, you can find a story on Bleeding Cool, uh, but you can also get the court papers yourself. Uh, it, it was, this has been settled and all claims have been dismissed. So somebody has gotten paid or at least received something in exchange that they're satisfied with because the books are coming out.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing that's most interesting to me about all of this is that when the original PDF of My Favorite Thing is Monsters was sent to PW for review, and then I was the reviews editor back then, so it was quite a while ago, um, it was actually the whole book. Mm. So its it absolutely was submitted as the entire story. Now the work in if you have that PDF, Calvin. I don't know if you do, but you could add a little sneak peek. Now the it's it is interesting in that the work of the second half definitely was not up to the standard of the first half. It did look much more like a draft. So I, I had the feeling that, you know, when they first announced that the second half was coming out, they said that they that she was you know um, finishing it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was another aspect of the original intentions for the book. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of court uh, filings and, and, you know, yeah. there's uh, there's excerpts of it right. on uh, the other site. And, you know, but you can just read the whole filing and, you know, nobody's really spoken out because they can't. But um, I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a little more. Commentary about this. I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, uh, book two's coming out in April, 2024. Um, and then there's a second book, a prequel.
1: Right, which is that, coming.
0: Uh, but from that's From Pantheon.
1: From Pantheon, yes. So.
0: And I'm not sure exactly of the, the release date or even if there's one has been announced, the pub date has even been announced. Well, I that.
1: just, you know, I just hope that Emil is able to uh work, I mean she's she did seem to have like a big break in her productivity. You know, obviously she has a lot of yeah. health issues, so yeah. Um that you know, energy issues so that impact her. So, um, you know, she's she's an incredible creator. Absolutely. And she's had a lot of um of setbacks along the way. Yeah, so I just but, hope, I hope, I hope. Yeah, I just hope she's hope getting,
0: it, I'm she's getting the compensation she deserves. This is a wonderful book. Yes. We're waiting for this second part. Unless and we're you're, waiting for Unless you're Heidi, does.
1: who read the second part. Back there you in go. The day.
0: I mean, I'm going to look and see, cause I, I got a galley. I don't recall that it, that it, uh, that it contained that part, but I could be wrong. I'm going to go, I got to look on my hard drive to see if I can
1: find it. Yeah, you might be find surprised. It. Um, you might be surprised by what you
0: did. But you're doing. I can't wait to, you know, yeah. to see her I want to see
1: the redone version. She
0: said that she wanted to polish it. Now, yeah. th- that turned into a whole other thing. Um, but I'm just happy to see that this book is coming. And hopefully that uh, Emma's getting the credit and the money she deserves. I
1: hope she's getting the money she deserves 100%.
0: Yes. Turns out Comics Retail is dying.
1: Yeah, oh no, no, not Calvin, not comics retail. Comics, comics, all of it. Sorry, comics (laughs) are dying. Well, if
2: if the retail is dying, clearly the comics are dying. Well, the comics
1: are gonna die too. But um, Uh, well,
2: and then again, maybe not. I don't know about that. We have heard this sad song many times.
1: Well, uh, there was a letter written. uh, An attempt was made. um, So retailer Phil Boyle wrote a piece. It was originally put up on the uh retailers forum on Facebook and immediately people started sending it to me and then it was put up on a couple of other sites. Most the most people saw it on ICV two. I Yeah, suppose. it was on
0: ICV two, yeah.
1: And it is a familiar tale. Uh where he says that um this is it's he doesn't know if we're gonna go on and you <laughs> yes. know that big two have have, it's nearly 2024, and I'm more the concern. It's, uh, Marvel DC, you blew it, or maybe you just succeeded in your plan to kill off an American art form, <laughs> which, which you've been the able stewards for 80 years. It's baffling that someone so prolific was ushered to the chopping block and executed. Strong accusation. No, just the unvarnished truth as new comic sales find new lows. Worse, you've gutted an army of passionate retailers who worked in this biz for decades close to poverty wages and to put such a system of advocates in every state and major city in America around much of the world you would cost a fortune. But it happened organically to your benefit. And in gratitude, you've stripped mine what little profit there was in favor of short term goals and chasing corporate bonuses. Uh <laughs> so yeah, it's over. Oh, it's wow. killed, so they killed so Marvel and DC killed comics. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, like a zombie, they'll come back like every other time they, they killed comics. It's and,
0: comics and, mm, the undead. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Where do you even start on this? And well, then of course he has like these, what, ten and eight, uh, suggestions. They're also familiar.
1: Yeah. But, uh,
0: I, I don't even know where to begin.
1: Well, I, where to, listen, I mean, this is nothing that, um, this is nothing that we haven't heard yeah. from Brian Hibbs. Cause Brian Hibbs, mm-hmm. he, and you know, look, Phil Boyles runs a large chain of stores. He runs 14 stores. Mm. So obviously, at some point, things were going quite well. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was able to have all of these, these stores. And, uh, you know, now that Marvel and DC are killing them, but um, you know, he also went off about the diverse characters. And yeah, that's where a lot of that. people mm-hmm. were just like, you know, don't proselytize. Oh, oh. I'm like, yeah, you know, unlike Captain America, yeah. number one, which has him, uh, you know, punching White a Nazis. horrible, uh, Japanese stereo racist racist stereotype yeah. right on the cover. Yeah, Marvel
0: is known for its social content in its comics. I mean everybody, DC has his own era of that as well. I mean at the, at the X-Men of course is just an incredible narrative that's nothing but social allegory.
1: I mean I, well, come on. You know. Well, you know, here's the thing. Um uh, And it's
0: also he's ignoring a whole market out there that, that is not even interested so in I, the kind of comics well, we're talking know, listen, about.
1: I will not I will not I think when people say that they feel that retail stores are endangered right now, I do think that's, you know, you should listen to them. You shouldn't be like, but sadly, they're just crying rough. In fact, I very easily found a column that Phil Boyle wrote in January 7th, 2020. Problem one, here's where those elements as cost the number of titles have risen, surpass the minimum wage gap, it's become exponentially more expensive to stock new comics. Remember that stat anyway, he goes on and on about how comics are dying. Too quickly to stock every cover of every book. This is a drive home point. Retailers at large do not have the financial resources to stock the shelves with every option hoping. Uh it's just it it just you guys, you just are repeating yourselves over and over. And you know, this has become a big um, political thing, of course, with you know, the people who are uh, trying to profit from it. In fact, I very easily and you know, like I wrote about it. And so of course they made all these videos uh, about me calling me names, you know, so, saying yeah. that I no, for I'm, Pete's sake. I mean, calling me four letter words. I was a little surprised because oh. they haven't done that before. So they're getting bolder and bolder. Uh, and then I easily found. Um, so when did these videos come out? When I they're, mean, they're they're coming out all the time and they get pretty good viewership so um where are these those on youtube let's not get into it wow okay. this is let's like not awful. get into it this is awful uh let's not get into it but i um uh i found this this is awesome um from uh may 25th 2019 uh from one of these you know comic skaters the comic book direct market is dying That's the opening line of this piece. However, that, uh, so it's just like, you've been saying and you know, 2019. So it's a very, very slow, repetitive death is what I'm getting at, you know? So, and you know, if you want to say comics are dying, I mean, would Phil, I I have sympathy for Phil Boyle because it does sound like Marvel and DC periodical sales are not great right now because frankly, I'm sorry if you're listening. The product is not very good right now. It's uninspired, corporate acting out of fear. Um, but if you say, oh, you killed the art form, I, you know, one of them just won a National Book Award. They most certainly yeah. did not <laughs> kill the art form. It just doesn't. I mean,
2: we we would like Marvel and DC to continue and be healthy yes, and happy and create absolutely. great work. 100%. But if a meteor were to hit, well, two meteors were to hit the <laughs> offices of Marvel and DC the comics art form would survive I mean I, I don't want it to happen, but we're we're not going the way of the dinosaurs anytime soon
1: now I wrote to a younger retailer and um hold on, let me see I must find exactly what they said
0: well I'll just say really yeah. quickly i mean this 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 com generated an enormous amount of responses, and actually I think most of the responses and look. All retailers deserve sympathy. Absolutely. It's a tough, it's a tough world out there, whether you're selling comics at retail or prose books in retail. It's, it's demanding work, but it's also calls for imagination. It calls for, uh, improvisation. It calls for innovation and to constantly be changing as well as your market changes. And we set through some very thoughtful and enlightening panels at New York Comic Con. They covered almost everything he's talking about here. Variant covers, mm-hmm. all of this. Uh, and I learned some things in that if you don't want variant covers, don't,
1: don't get order them. them. Don't order them. Why do you order them? But the people who do order them
0: swear by them and they have no complaints with them. So I, I don't
1: I, know. I mean, that's what I said. It's like we sat there in a room with all the, you know, representatives, like all the publishers are there, like yeah. literally the publishers were there. Like the, the people who are the publishers were there. Um, the retailers were there and you know, were there some issues? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing is ever perfect, but it was absolutely no sense whatsoever in that room that comics are dying. Good and Lord, I will tell no. you, I, or that comic shops are dying. And I will tell you, I have been in rooms where there was that feeling, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. I want to read you what a younger retailer, which will remain nameless, said when I said, what do you think of this? They said, I don't take Phil Boyle too seriously. I see that there are two groups of retailers. Phil is in the same group as blank and blank. I'm not going to name mm. them. Uh, the other group is people like Kate Pride in Portland and Jen King from Space Cadets yep. in Texas mm. or Menachem in Huntington. Mm-hmm. Phil doesn't have a plan to save comic books, but plans to save his comic books. Now, he goes on to say in here that the biggest problem that uh, they're facing is rents. Mm. And if you look yeah. at, uh, you know, again, I was called a liar for saying that JHU closed because their rent was high. It's what they told me. It's, you know. Yeah. So and
0: uh, <laughs> who would ever challenge that about retail? That's well, a
1: key issue. And, and not just
2: retail, but retail in New York City. Of course. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, what is not believable well, about New York City rent I, being too high? I
1: mean, exactly. And then, you know, listen, it's sad that Heidi Ho is closing in L.A. and Jeffrey's Comics. What did they say was the number one issue? Rent. High rent. Okay. Like, uh, you know, if you walk down the streets in New York, there's half right a block from Fifth Avenue, half the stores are closed. Yeah. The rents, you know, for it's small retail yeah. is brutal right now. It's a brutal economic client. climate. And, you know, this is what I don't understand, though. It's like, so, you know, Brandon Schatz is a retailer uh, columnist for The Beat. And he wrote a column kind of refuting mm-hmm. this. And, you know, he he addressed all of Phil's points. Mm-hmm. And he says, but, you know, here's what I think. You know, he is a successful store." And, you know, a lot of comics pros retweeted the Phil Boyle thing. And like, oh, this is right, you know. But they don't retweet the positive news. No. And that's. That's just you know.
0: The same comment about the first comment in the in your comments Mm -hmm. file was that oh this guy must not be a retailer. The whole column is about retail. Of course he's a retailer. So yeah, we seem to have this same discussion, you know, every three or four months.
1: Yes, and also look, I mean this there was a big subtext at the ICV2 comics pro at all the business meetings that were held at New York Comic Con and that day of professional programming but it, you know we listen we are evolving right now okay and should we be concerned about the future of the direct sales market 100% yes. you know we should listen to our retailers we should listen to what they're saying but there are two different camps there's younger retailers who are saying you know what we're going to get through things aren't great. They are not saying that things are the better than, you know, they just went through the pandemic. I, they're not saying this is the best time ever, but they're saying, yeah, we'll get through it. <laughs> like you do. Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. Um, and, and people are uh, offering um, Well, we talked about so much of this, yeah, about the, the, you know, the whole day uh, of panels on retailing on the on the launch of the uh, direct market, the history of the direct market, um a, a a wonderful panel with um Jen Haynes on it mm-hmm. um uh other retailers uh yeah, I mean they all realize they're in a tough business, but you know people understand that we're in a, a in a really new market.
1: I, it's hard to know what to. It's listen, we're going through. It's hard to know what else to say. <laughs> we're going. Listen, what what to say is we're going through an evolution right now. Yes, and it's you it's know it's what? Some business models are not going to make it. Yeah. So, but anyone who says comics are dying, as I look, you could say. Marvel and DC are dying, uh, cause they sure got a lot of problems. I will say, cause mm, Disney yeah. and Warner Brothers Discovery have a lot of problems. You know, or you could say your comic shop is dying, or you could say the direct market is going through tough times. But, you know, anyone who says comics are dying is just shock tactic headlines, cause comics will never die. I mean, period. the
0: book format part of this market alone, I mean, it's, what is it, like a, a, a half a billion or oh, it's a near almost a billion? That's, that's, that's just a book format. This didn't even exist. What, fifteen years ago?
2: It did, fifteen years ago. But yeah. not
0: at this, not at this level. But not at this level. No, and I, and I'm, this is a huge level. So, uh, uh, yeah, there is there's much more to come. There is much more to come. Comics,
1: and you know, the sooner we get sales charts back, the better. That is okay. what we absolutely need to get is some kind of sales charts, and. um uh, you know, uh, you know, Brian Hibbs on Facebook put up a post saying, does anybody have, has anybody sold more than 50,000 copies of a non number one book without all sorts of variant covers? And, you know, he didn't get anybody who said yes. All right. But he, I don't, I don't think every single publisher reached out to him. But you know what? That's a legitimate question. That is a legitimate question to ask. And you know we should actually be trying to find out the answers to all of this. We need facts, not yes. propaganda.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, the the format is facing a challenge. Although I think Milton said that that, that the the superhero side of the market had shown a little growth uh, in twenty
1: twenty two. I think it was flat, which yeah. which isn't declining, by the way. You <laughs> know,
0: but you know. Uh, Um, and yet when I the retailers that I have talked to I mean they they almost always come down to the fact that that their sales are sort of half and half or you know it varies and goes up and down but it stays around that Mm -hmm. so periodicals aren't necessarily going anywhere they can be very useful Uh, there is a market for them Um, but man you've got to look at what the whole how the world is evolving around you and your mark and uh and your customers and it some retailers seem to be reluctant and they want things to be the way they used to be
2: which yeah and of course the question is which version of the way it used to be do you want today because the way it used to be does seem to vary distinctly depending on Who you are and what you think the golden age
1: was. Uh, Yeah. There's a... Well, it's like my retailer correspondent said, there's two groups of retailers.
0: So... News briefs? Not a whole lot. Let's
1: talk brief.
0: Very quickly, I'll mention the Scott Pilgrim uh, anime Uh um, is dropping, I guess, on Friday. Yes. I can't wait to see it.
1: Or did drop on Friday.
0: Yeah. Oh, did, yes. When you hear this, it will have dropped <laughs> on yes. Friday. I can't wait to see it. Uh, they brought the, I guess almost the entire cast back. Um, uh, future
2: you, we envy you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Apparently though, there is going to be some surprises as, uh, some changes in the story to, um, you know, for, uh, for new, new readers. Uh, I'm excited. I just, I just love this series. I love the books. Uh, I love the movie and I can't wait to see this.
2: And, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about Anime NYC, shall we? Sure. So, <laughs> listeners, Anime NYC will be over by the time you're listening to this, but we may or may not have gone because, and, and this is actually a piece of news because we haven't heard back from Anime NYC about whether or not we got press passes. And, well, according to my sources, and neither have a whole lot of other people who filed for press passes, meanwhile, all the tickets are sold out. So if you have an Anime NYC ticket, or you had one, feel good. You had a hot ticket. Precious um, commodity. Precious commodity. Hopefully we'll be able to get in. We'll see.
1: Uh I, That is actually worth... Uh, noting, I think there was some just hiccups in the press, press, press reg, uh, process this year. But I will say, whenever I reached out to them, they were incredibly helpful. So I don't want to, I don't want to throw them under the bus. They're,
2: they're nice people. We we don't dislike
1: them. It's it's just that there's a bit of a blip. But there was big news today, uh, that broke, uh, that actually it is moving to August next year. 2024 Anime NYC will be held August 23rd to 25th and will take up the entire Javits Center. Uh, which is uh first and they said that you know they're going to have more space they're going to have uh a lot more things to do and uh that's growing yeah this is getting I look into
0: forward to it anime expo level here yeah you know? well
1: maybe not quite not but, quite yet but yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's, but it's, it's aiming growing. for it yeah there, I, there's uh interesting they say anime nyc's move to august has been in the works for a number of years and we can't thank our friends at the javits and across the anime industry for all their support can't thank enough they should have said in there. Um, anime NYC can only welcome all the amazing guests and special events we do because of this trust and passion uh, and we're excited now to create the biggest and best anime NYC yet to bring them together. Um, interesting. So um, some some in the comments not universal excitement about August. Uh, there's a bunch of other anime shows that are in August like Otakon which is held in Washington DC. Um, it's interesting timing in that anime Expo, which is the biggest show, Mm -hmm. is held in Anaheim in the beginning of July. Um, then so it'll be that, it'll be Comic Con, which doesn't really have too much, uh, manga anime presence, uh, in end of July. Then a month later, we'll have anime NYC and then New York Comic Con, which might as well be. Might as well be be an anime anime festival. Yeah, an anime festival now. Well,
2: I mean, I think that they're my guess is that this is their strike back at New York Comic Con, horning in on their turf and stealing some of their thunder. That they want, they want to front and center. That hey, you know we've got anime in the title. They want to get bigger, they want to grow, and they they don't want to be overshadowed. Mm. But by... and they want to
0: be before New York Comic Con. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Well, yeah. yeah, that was my guess. Yeah. But the minute I saw this, that was my first guess, is yeah. that it really did feel like yeah, New York, like we said, New York Comic Con was a big anime show. Well, I mean, I don't think they're entirely wrong to not care
2: that some anime shows in other parts of the country are in the same month or within the next, within about a month and a half of then, because to be honest, Anime NYC has always struck me as a bit of a hometown con like the attendees tend to be from the tri-state area obviously you know not the panelists from the anime companies but yeah so i mean we'll see it could be good at the very least they won't have to deal with inflated uh Christmas (laughs) christmas influence.
1: <laughs> that's true new york I mean, hotel prices. i mean oh, right, that right. that is that is correct i mean right. you know uh hotel prices are just uh ridiculous now but uh, you know a couple people on twitter were like uh august is a hot month a lot of costumes are already hot so if the hvac isn't a one many cosplayers may run into <laughs> thermal issues um yeah
2: yeah, but on the other hand, you get the other thermal issue where you get the the child in the Halloween costume problem, mm. where you're trying to pack your entire costume underneath your coat.
1: So there was a lot of uh, pushback in these comments also. Uh, and, you know, this is just comments on Twitter, which yeah, right. may or may not be accurate whatsoever, but there was quite a few of them. Apparently, tickets for next year's show are going on sale on just December 5th, so just in a few weeks. And there's a lot of complaints about that because they're like, you know, we, we haven't even paid off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> these are kids. That's their yeah. allowance. They need to save up more yeah, money. Give them some time. Yeah, give them some time because, uh, like I said, I'm not sure when this sold out, but it is sold out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it is every day, Friday and Sunday, mm-hmm. three-day totally passes, booked. totally sold out because uh, a lot of people were still trying to get tickets. And I was like, look, come on, you know, you can't get a press pass. You need to go buy a ticket. It's like, oh, you can't buy a ticket. So that blows. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, that, that's another thing. But you know what? Bottom line, it's a big success. Yeah,
0: it is. And it's growing. And, um, you know, <laughs> we'll see you in August next year.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> so I think on that note. Uh,
0: there will be more to come.
2: come. All right. No, Calvin, Calvin, I want you to say Fantagraphics, the monsters. So what did I say? Versus. Okay. All right. You screwed up the joke. Okay, here we go.